left my family. I left my kids. I left my nightclubs, my parking company, $35 million to fight the fight. And both families, Gambino and the Bonanno family, Joe Messina, the boss of the Bonanno family, I helped him against the guys who were ratting against him. He turned state evidence into worldwide. His underboss, Sal Vitale, came in and he ratted. The captain, Frankie Copa, he ratted. And alongside them, there was other guys in their family that ratted. Along with my family, the boss, John Gotti Jr., he ratted. Ronnie Warnham, you have the opening statement. He ratted. He said that I would kill him if he wasn't nice to me. After I tried to help him beat the case. Mikey Scars, DeLonardo, John Gotti Jr.'s right-hand man. He ratted. Greg De Palma, another one of John Guy's made guys. He ratted. Fat Dom, another one of his made guys. He ratted. Mikey Scars had Joe, little Joey D'Angelo and John Jr. had him rat because they turned on him. He had nowhere to go. Another guy, Mikey Scars' brother, well, they, they buried him. So he had a flip. He had to come in. And I won't use the word rat for these guys because these guys were left in no man's land by all the captains, made guys, giving these guys up one at a time. Welcome everyone to uh, to another episode of the Johnny and Gene Show. I'm Felix Levine. We got Gene Borello, John Alight, and our guest today, Steve Newell. Uh, thank you, Steve, for for being here. Um, and I just want you know just to start off uh, for the people that aren't familiar with you, just to give a tiny background on uh, who you are, what you did, uh, you know, back in your in the old life, um, just for the people that aren't familiar with with you and your story. Well, the old life uh, goes a little before Alight. I, I come from Knickerbocker. You know, Bushwick and uh, my father hung out with a lot of Bonanno guys. Then we moved to Queens, you know. That's it. Just started growing up, doing things, and getting involved with people. Do you remember the, you know, when you were younger, did you know that that was the kind of life you were going to go into? Did you have other oh, aspirations? Oh, yeah, because my Uncle Sammy, Sammy Galasso, you know, he passed away in 86. He was, uh, he was involved with the Genovese family, and he used to take me around. Then when he passed away, it was... Well, before he passed away, I used to get into a lot of trouble, and uh, he actually physically grabbed me by my ear, took me to work, but I don't know. I grew up poor, you know what I mean? You know, uh, so seeing people with things and made me want more. You know, when you're 13, 14, your friends are going to the movies, you can't go because your mother don't have that $2 to give you to go to the movies, you know. Yeah, and I think that's actually interesting because in our one of our previous episodes, John was talking about uh, you know how your zip code kind of determines your life. Um, and do you feel like for you that was it that you know because you grew up there and you grew up poor and you you know your uncle was was involved that that was your only trajectory? Did you feel like there was any other options for you, or that was the only way out? No, not really. Because my mother, and father, didn't have they were both sick at an early age, so. It's not like they could have worked and gave us a better life. They, you know, they, they're both on Social Security. You know, it, it was rough. It was rough until I was about 15. So when you're, at, when you're 15, we talk about a little bit, you know, that those first kind of years getting involved and what you're doing, uh, you know, at that well, young age. Well, uh, I don't know if you remember the Dome. Sure. 
It used to be in Forest Park. It was a big park where every, you could get every drug you named up there. Yeah, people I mean, thousands of people <laughs> in a parking lot. But then for some reason it, it, it broke up and large crowds of people went all over. They ended up on 102nd Street in Jamaica Avenue. And then Angel Dust became a big thing. So I, when I started seeing the money, one of the Cullen brothers, Michael, he put up the money. We used to... Uh, I mean, sell a ton of angel dust, and I just started loving the money. And then, I had little jobs, but they just didn't work out for me. And when did you really kind of get into it 100% and feel like you were deep in, you know, in the mob life? Uh, I was about 16, and there was a bar in the middle of Jamaica Avenue, and uh, I had a problem with the owner. And, you know, he was a little old. As a matter of fact, they call him Joe, Joe the Milkman. Oh, yeah, I remember Joe. Yeah. Uh, him and his, you know, they were acting like tough guys, and I, I stuck a gun in his face, and two of them grabbed me from behind, threw me on the floor. Joe jumped on me. I fucking kill you, you know, but he didn't do nothing. So I told my uncle about it, and he went there. You know, it got straightened out, and then after that, I was running around to all the numbers joints that my uncle, you know, would go collect money from and stuff like that, and then, you know, I didn't make much with him either, but, you know, that's how I started seeing the real life, you know. Don't get me wrong, when I was a little kid, six, seven years old, I mean, my father was an old Irish drunk, but his friends were, you know, I mean, they used to guys come to our apartment just because they were made guys and they would hide from their crew just so they could drink, you know, and be away from their, uh... so I've seen things. You Did, know what I mean? Is there part of you that ever... Uh... They used to park that big old Cadillacs three blocks away, you know. <laughs> Is there part of you that ever, you know, misses that life and that money and, you know, all of what, what that life entailed? When it was good and everybody got along, yeah. But then all the... But they never get along, right? Nah, the treachery, <laughs> the, 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 you know. <laughs> and who wants more than who, who, you know. I mean, these guys, you know, they've talked about loyalty and, you know, or this idea of loyalty, at least in the mob. For you, did you feel like... You know, there was ever loyalty, really? I mean, at the end? Do you I th thought there would be. Towards the end, no. Yeah. Do you no, feel like there are any? I, I went to jail for murder. I'd, we talked about the Brucey Goddard murder. You know, even the feds said, oh, you should be charged with something. I said, charge me. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I really had nothing to do with it. I was trying to save the guy's life because I knew everybody. I figured if I could be a little go-between, like I was saying before, tell Brucey, calm down, you know. Let it die down. Showing them that, you, you know, you, you're you not bothering nobody. Mm. You know, it's just. <laughs> and when you when you went to jail, I mean, did you, uh, you know, again, we've talked a lot about their experiences, but I, I'm curious about yours. Um, you know, did you feel like at that point it was like, all right, I'm done with all this. Uh, did you feel like there was a, a rock bottom? I mean, what was your mentality when you when you went? No, out? when I came home, I went back to the, to the guy I was with. But at that time he was building a a big scrap metal place in uh, the Bronx. So he was like, listen, do whatever you got to do. Just in April, we're going to be opening up. You come up there with me. I was like, okay. And then, I don't know, he just started, like, when I would come around to, to Liberty Avenue, he started giving me a cold shoulder, you know, and then I found out through someone else, a Marvin Kornberg, who didn't like me. He was an attorney, so... He was a, a, he was a good attorney, you know, he... He don't take shit from judges, you know, he, he, he's really a barker. I found out he turned around and told uh, Carmine that uh, 
I gave up some information. Mm. You know what I mean? So when I went to his building, he wouldn't let me in the building. <laughs> I was going to beat Marvin Kornberg up. <laughs> you know, because you, you don't do right. that. You, you, now you're labeling me. I thought it was these guys that did it. When me and him first got into contact with each other, we were talking. I was like, listen, who, who the fuck? You guys went around calling me a rat. I sat there for two years. I went to trial. <laughs> you know, you beat it at trial. Well, what's, what's actually, a rat? Actually, but it wasn't them. Yeah. I found out later on. You and, know what I mean? And he doesn't know because he's sitting in prison. And actually, for the people that don't know, Carmine Agnello is Gotti's brother-in-law. That's who he was referring to. And uh, later on, actually, Carmine has a 15-count indictment in Cleveland. They close the courthouse down and they throw it out, which is not possible. But we were actually sticking up for him. He worked with me. He worked for a friend of mine, Guy Peden, who later on we find out is an informant. And I read his uh, proffer agreement because uh, I met, I'm sorry, I met with Charlie Canisi in Aldo's. You know, he was trying to get me to testify for Junior. And I was skeptic because before that, the FBI was trying to get me to testify against John. <laughs> Nothing to do with Junior. Why? Why are they trying to get to Well, because he was first arrested. Mm. So John didn't, I guess he wasn't cooperating at the time. They were trying to get me to cooperate against him. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and I kept telling them, no, I, you know, I don't need a new life. I got a life. But, and they kept going, now... John Jr.'s lawyers, Carnese started coming around. He started going to my house again, just like the feds were. I didn't live there, but that's where my driver's license was under. And my son was only 10 years old at the time. I was like, oh, man, this got to end. You know what I mean? So uh, I met with the FBI in Aldo's, too, before Carnese and them. They were talking. I said, listen, I got no information. He said, yeah, but you could testify that John shot you back in 95. What's there to testify about? It's over. You know what I mean? If, not to, no offense, but if things were planned out, John wouldn't be here either because that's what was going on back then. You know what I mean? I'm glad it didn't. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, I, I was more into making money, not killing people, you know. I mean, if a guy owed us money, he got to get hurt, yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh... Let so me, uh, let, me let, let me, yeah, let me, let me, let me, because people that don't know the, the, the history of the story... We uh, had a very lucrative one of the spots, and we had dozens, maybe I mean, more than yeah. dozens, drug spots, coke, pot, pills, whatever. <laughs> you name it, more and more. And Guy Peden was one of my close guys that worked for me, and uh, he was in jail with Frankie Burke. We spoke about Frankie Burke a week or two ago. When Guy comes home, I put him in business. There's a pool hall on 102nd Street, and there's a place called Jägermeister's. And we put a team of guys together. Stevie is one of the guys that was around with uh, Guy Peden. Guy Peden later on makes a, a deal in Atlantic City through some guys that I know that I put him in touch with to sell just weed, 500 or 1,000 pounds. Instead, he goes behind my back and he sells four kilos. Four Which kilos is true because at the time, Guy Peden wanted me to, be, you know, be, he was going to set me up as the middleman. But at the time, I had no driver's license. I said, listen, I, I get stopped. They, 
they're allowed to search the car. Yeah. Forget can about I, that. Next them now, you know, John Jr. is okay with you all selling kilos and everything. I don't bother yeah, him. Yeah, he just stays in the background. Oh, so yeah. that's okay. So yeah. it's allowed. So when the drug money's coming, he don't mind it until it gets brought out to the light, right? <laughs> Everybody's selling drugs, but we're right. not selling drugs. Right, yeah, right. It's just okay. the way it is. Just wondering, yeah. Right. So uh, what happens is they, they set Meanwhile, up a Meanwhile, all the guys are hiding in our bathrooms. I already know. Putting it right in the whole package. Yeah. Well, I watched them all yeah. do. I know. <laughs> I know. So, so we got a major drug spot. Yeah. On 102nd. Branched out to other places. And, you know, we got probably, I don't know, just in that one location, we have to have 20 guys working for us there, right? Between Joey yeah. and yeah, this. No, uh, yeah, I forget was... Joey's name, the uh, fat Joey. Squid, squid, we call him Squ Squigs. Squigs, yeah, yeah DJ. Squigs, yeah, DJ. Then Bill, Billy Hill, too. Yeah, Billy Hill. Then we had Kevin Cullen that was around. Different guys. You know, we had a lot of guys around. And that's just one location. That's why I said there's hundreds of guys involved in this organization when we're doing it. And guy makes the, the, the problem here that starts the, the ball rolling of all the guns, you know, the shooting, and Bruce got her up getting killed. There's multiple reasons, but one, he shot up the bar. And uh, one of the guys that was in the bar, he clipped his, he winged his arm, was Ronnie Warnham's nephew, Johnny, that was always hanging around too. Yeah, there but, was a struggle over the gun. Yeah. And later on, guy gets pinched in Atlantic City in a setup. I was supposed to be there. Un unbeknownst to me that he did the four kilo deal without my permission to a guy that was working with the feds. So they're expecting all of us to be in the Harris. We used to go to Harris all the time. Yeah. Harris. And they started staying with about 20, 25 FBI agents to pinch us all. My son gets sick. I don't show up. He doesn't go <coughs> down because he has trouble with his license, but other guys go and they pinch them all. When they pinch them all, they think it's us. They don't know who we are by face exactly. I guess they do, but they didn't. They thought that was us by whoever was there, I guess, resembled us. Wrong guys. Guy Peden becomes an informant. Besides we that, don't know. Guy Peden, because you're the one who called me, Yeah, says, listen, he was heard on tape saying, because what happened was when he made the deal, okay, he was waiting for the money. So a couple of days goes by, the guy, I guess the guys got pinched that he made the deal with in Jersey. The guy finally calls him. He goes, I'm sorry. I was trying to move the stuff. Guy's telling him, listen, you better have my fucking money. I got guys in my Jägermeister bar that'll come out there and kill you. You're the one who warned me. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so now, it, you know what I mean? It's So th that pulls over. So the, the end up of that happening is uh, the uh, domino effect. We have some falling out. I shoot him. He goes to Gotti and Carmine. They're talking about... Well, Carmine. Uh, well, Carmine, yeah. but Gotti was across the street during the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And they're talking about clipping me, killing me because he was supposed to be around them and I shot him anyway. Then we went from that to him going to jail, getting locked up on uh, Bruce Gotterup's murder and other charges they were trying to get him on, yeah. you know, lifetime charges. And he beats those charges. They, then the Gotti and Agnello are accusing him of being a rat. Meanwhile, uh, he I shot him. He's trying to kill me, and I'm the one sticking up for him, saying he, they he have no paperwork, nothing. No, right? no paperwork. And, and I no say paperwork. he's not a cooperator. At the same time, now we it keeps, there's no trio two forms on me. Nothing. Yeah, because I mean, we looked into it. I had lawyers like crazy because they were hitting me with all kinds of cases. But at the same time, Kevin Cullen's brothers and Ricky Stratton, and there's about five or six of them. They come looking for me to kill me, and they try to shoot me and. Uh, I end up going on the Interborough Parkway and shooting Ricky Stratton in the head, and he knows uh, that story. But uh, so a lot of guys start getting killed and shot over 
basically uh, rumors that ain't true about him and uh, Guy Peden becoming a government informant and work with the government on a deal that we actually had nothing to do with. Now, what came over you to want to defend him? Because back to the street again, I talk about the same thing. Stevie worked for me. Uh, he worked for, for Guy. We were very close, all of us. We made, you know, he said it on another show we did. We, he probably made 15000 a I month. I sat in a bar just like I'm sitting now. I'm making like 3000 a week. Yeah. And, you know, so <laughs> no, guys. We got, we got bigger. Right. You know, like people started coming to us for weight. You know but, what I mean? So, you know, I'm but, sitting in a bar getting drunk every night or... As the years go on... <laughs> doing what I want. <laughs> you know, you'll hear me talking good about guys and bad about guys as we do these shows. Right. And friend or enemy, I always had respect for Stevie, right? When we were on the street, I liked him. We made money together. When we hurt guys, batted guys or whatever I did to guys, he was always backed me the same way. So when he, when they asked, the same guy they were supposed to be protecting, when I shoot him, they don't want to do it, but they're asking him to kill me after they're supposed to be protecting him from me. But the problem, the, the, the thing about this life is you got to respect somebody for who they are. He ain't a rat. He ain't a rat. I shot him in broad daylight. He didn't give me up. He went to, he went to trial. He beat a murder case. He did the right thing for Gotti's, and I'll say it. He doesn't have to say it. Uh, they called him a rat after he helped him beat a case. Meanwhile, Gotti was the rat, and he helped him beat a case, and with me, he didn't testify against me. So I have respect for him all the way around the board, and I got respect to him because what I said earlier, whether you're my enemy or whether you're my friend, I'm going to speak truthful about a guy. Is he a good guy? Yes. Was he a moneymaker? Yes. When we make it. Would he kill? Yes. Did he take his, the, the murder charge that he didn't do and beat it? Yes. And so when someone's talking... You know, when, when they came to me and they said, listen, he's ratting on you, he's a rat, he's this and that, I had all kinds of lawyers investigators. I'm the one that said, I'm the one to put word out and go, it's not true. Everybody's full of shit. I said, I don't want to hear it again because he knows where I am too. And I told guys, I'll kill you if you say it again. Don't put a wire on a guy that ain't true. And, you know, it came to wishing it ain't true. So It turns out the guys that would were, were labeling people, more than right. What are you informing? Yeah, of course. That's how it <laughs> so, you know, they push everything away from them. Right. So, so we have a mutual respect over you the know, years. We're still friends again. You did everything and, right. Our, our sons are friends. No, I'm saying, but you did everything right. You did nothing wrong for them to do something like that nothing, to you. Forget about wrong. He, 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 he risked his life, and he put all kinds of pressure on, on himself to go occasions. testify for Gotti, who's a rat. And, you know, he's a rat. There's no... His last certain... trial, when John cooperated... That's when I was meeting Kinesi and them. I said, all right, let me get this over with, you know. Because I, I really felt Junior at the time had nothing to do with it, you know. Like he says, there's things I didn't know about, but from what I do know about, it looked like John Junior had nothing to do with it. So I was willing to testify against him. Yeah, he shot me. Fuck it, you know, let's... But uh, when they come out with their books, all right, John, he talks about how he shot me. The insult was, he says he shot me in the ass. I got fucking mad. No, you didn't. Can you, you, can you tell the, the story you of You got what? me in the thigh. <laughs> what, what was the... What was Blow the, the cheek. What, what was the original reason, just to, to clarify, of why you shot him? Because Gotti and Carmine stepped in my business. Oh, no, 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 no. And, uh, well, What started it was, was Guy Peden. When he was locked up before he got out on uh, right. bail and that oh yeah 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 Philly camera Dolphin. release where was shit. he in, in, in Philly in Atlantic City yeah no he was in camera Jersey, release what the fuck <laughs> yeah. he had to check in every day with a camera. Oh. wear the ankle bracelet and 
There was a monitor. He supposedly he had to pay for it and he had to send his picture from his house or whatever. So he leaves about two kilos behind. So Wheezy, right. Louisa, she calls me. She she pages me. She says, Stevie, can you come to my house? She goes, it's important. I said, right. Now, we know Guy's locked up, so I figured it's, you know, about Guy. So I go to her house. We talk. He goes, he's going to call. No, she. I'm sorry. She said, uh, he's going to call me at 6 o'clock. Can you be here like a little before that? Yeah. So I get there. Me and her just talking. You know, we're friendly. And then uh, Guy calls, and uh, they're talking. And she put, he put, uh, I get on the phone with him, and he's like, listen, hey, how you been? Everything okay? Yeah, it's just quiet, you know. Uh can you do me a favor? Because he, he was trying to, like, use code language. He says, my wife don't know I'm with, you know, of course my wife don't know I'm dating Wheezy. Can you take my dirty laundry out of there? He's talking about the coke. He's right. talking about the coke. Of course. He says, listen, I don't want nothing to do with it. Do what you want with it. Okay. <laughs> she gave it to me. That was it. Right. Now, before that, I met with him. Jersey Turnpike. Right. Uh, at that restaurant, me yeah. and Weezy and I, we walked yeah. out. We yeah, yeah. Him. <laughs> uh, Chili's or some shit. Yeah, yeah, Chili's. So uh, after meeting with him, he said he didn't want to do it. I said, fine. I went on my own. But then Johnny Burke started causing problems that I, I don't know, I stole the coke or some shit. I don't know. Whatever it was. So he came looking for it. Let me stop you right there so, so everybody knows about Johnny Burke. I mean, now that he's on, he ain't no tough guy. He worked for me, and he was like, uh, and I'm going to say it like the best way I can say it, he was like a little puppy dog for me, and that's it. And I let him earn because he had no money, he just got out of jail, and uh, I had him babysitting basically Guy Peden, right? Is that the way? Yeah. He just hung around Guy Peden, and we gave him a salary. But then he got a little bit in my way, like with Johnny Bandana and different guys, and Johnny Bandana wanted to hurt him. He asked me for permission to kill him, to hurt him. And I was holding them off. But I just want to give you a roundup of all the guys that work for me. So, you know, when, when the guys tell a story, I, I want it accurate. Because Johnny Bandana, back in those days, started off with Gebbit crew, who I kill, uh, the brother-in-law, Gebbit. I kill all of them, actually. So uh, Bandana was their guy, and they had a falling out, and Bandana came with us. And I like Bandana, actually, and he had some balls. So, you know, he did some shootings, and he was a quiet guy, and he made money. But Burke tried to, uh, disloyal to him, too, and Bandana wanted to hurt him when he was in prison. And Johnny came running to me, but go ahead, Steve, sorry. Yeah, all that went down while I was in jail, waiting to go to trial. This is, so there was a lot of shooting that was going on over one guy <laughs> becoming an informant, Guy Pete. I pick up a newspaper, I'm reading everything. <laughs> Jimmy Burke dies. Yeah, Ronnie Frankie Wong's Burke, yeah. father dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny, get now the funny part. Not I won't say funny, but whatever. Yeah, the funny part. All the white guys or Italian guys, just no offense, you know, used to go up to the the priest's office in the Queen's house of detention. We knew some captains from the neighborhood in the correction, so they put hold on us to keep us all together. So we used to go to. So I became like the little librarian. Get the free phone calls. You can make direct phone calls. So now, I'm sitting at the desk. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen my Frank Facebook, Frankie LaPiccolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he was in the Queen's house on a violation, so he used to come up. A bunch of guys used to come up, and uh, all of a sudden, so I'm filling out the pay. A guy takes a book, gives me his ID, the MA ID. I'm going to write him. It's Johnny Gabbard. So I look up. I said, "What's up, John?" He goes, "Oh shit, you're in here." He came down on his appeal. Yeah. That's when he won his appeal. 
So it's like everything was going on that year, 96. You, you know, a lot of shit went on. What's it like you know. to see when you're, you know, you're talking about reading the newspaper, you see, like, people you knew dying and right and left? I mean, what's going on in your head? Do you, you just, you're just kind of looking from the outside? I mean, you know, Jimmy Burke died of cancer, Ronnie's father, old age. I mean, seeing uh, Gabby get killed, I was like, what the fuck? He was just here. I mm -hmm. mean, it didn't bother me. I, didn't, I had no love for him, but, you know. Now, I guess the, the big kind of question is. Well, one of the reasons why we killed Gabby is because. Johnny Burke, they went after Johnny Burke. They yeah, ran well, him over, they tried to shoot him. When he him, came home. And Johnny Burke couldn't handle his own business. so He was trying to take over what he left behind years ago. You, you can't do that. It's different. Right. Now, I think the, the for me the big question is how, for you, how are you, you know, then be able to reconcile and become friends with, with someone who, who shot you? You know, I think that's kind of the interesting psychologically. Um, you know, was there... For a while, was there I, animosity towards John? Was there? I guess so. Yeah, he was trying beginning. to kill me. <laughs> What'd you think? But yeah, but yeah. At, but like how to talk? <laughs> but talk about that transition from you know that anger to then now being able to sit next to him and, and be friends with him. Because it, it's past life. You know what I mean. Hopefully, he's changed, like he says. I'm not involved with nobody no more. It, there's nothing. I don't know. You know it's. I think it's our mindset. Yeah. The way we yeah, grow you up, get this older. is just part of it. That happens with you a know, lot of You're business. not cowboys anymore. Yeah, it's you true. Know. It happens you know. with a lot of crews, man. That's not just theirs. That's with a lot of crews. I've seen that. People stabbing each other, hurting each other, and their friends again. You know, I personally happen to me. It's it's normal. Again, like stuff. me and Johnny Burke hate each other. But yet, years ago, my son grew, hung out with a son, dated one of his twins. What was they supposed to do? Yeah, You know, I'm not going to tell my son, you know, Get away, you know. See, you just, you, you know things what? change your mind. Just recently, not too long ago, my son and John's son, they were they had a little business venture going. It didn't work out for them, you know. But you know, they're friends. See, the the only the, the, here's the thing with me anyway, and he he'll tell you, and he's been around forever. I hurt everybody, I shot everybody. He knows, and he'll say, you know, tell you. But I don't have a respect for a lot of guys because they're not honest about what happened in the past. So. Keep it real, yeah, I see and I'll that. keep that, it real. I, that's something I see, yeah. you know. You know, I, I, and you know what? It's people I don't even know, even whether it's Facebook or commenting on the Costa Nosa news site. I'm like, these people don't know John. I'm not here to kiss John's ass. He, he's done what he's told you. Told you he's done. Hmm. You know what I mean? They, you know, any guy I talk to that knew him back in the day <laughs> says the same thing. Yeah, so well, the same, and I have family members that know him good. You know, it's not like they—that's just Junior doing that because even Junior, I wasn't his nephew worked for me. Junior's nephew, right? And um, um, Peter's son, the younger one, the youngest son, Peter, the uh, senior senior's um youngest son, Peter, the son, little John Junior. His name was. He worked for me, whatever. His so. grandson. Yeah, the grandson worked. The one for that's me. in jail. Yeah, that was my guy. He used to coach that kid. Wait, so wait, so, so wait. He praised me. Wait. For Wait, wait, I'm gonna they praise me <laughs> yeah. for helping their uncle John so, wait, testify. This is great. Now they don't even talk to me. Wait, this, None of them. This no is great. Family. Hey, wait. So I'm on the phone. I'm the big guy. He just, wait, he just came home 2013, and he's about to do the 60 Minutes interview, right? So now the nephew's always with me. Now the nephew's saying, oh, I'm going to beat up Eli's son, all this stuff. He's talking this crap, whatever. So Junior calls him on the phone. They're talking on the phone. This is guy that Junior talking to his nephew. He goes, ah, oh, Eli, forget it. He shot 30 guys. That's all he ever done. Said it right over the phone. So how are you going to sit there and say you that... He didn't shoot all these people. Then I heard it with my own ears. You tell somebody he shot 30 guys. So which one is it? He's lying. He's not lying. I, I, I get confused. You know what I mean? You know, that's like when they say they chased them. All right. They had their falling out. What do you want to call a chase or not? 
Now he's back in 95, and I'm hearing about him. How do you not know this man's not around? Now we have our falling out, and he shoots me. How do you not know? I know he's hanging out with one, Ronnie one Arm, uh, Charlie Coniglia. I know this. You're supposed to be the boss. How do you not know this? Someone had to. If I knew John and you're the boss, had a falling out. But other game being nah, Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, listen, I'm going to take this guy back in. He's worth it. You know, or, or, I can't just take him in without you knowing. What happens to me? Hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of bullshit going I, on. I give that's, you. I give that's you why a... you don't even see me commenting on sites. I don't even go on Twitter no more. Yeah, I stick my little Facebook with family, friends, whatever. <laughs> you know, when when the time frame he's talking about after, you know, I shoot him and we have our falling out, my cousin Nikki gets an okay from Gotti not to pay off a cop that was shot by one of my brother-in-laws and, and a good friend of mine. Turns out to be a correction names. officer and threatens me in jail. Yeah, that that correction officer, <laughs> I, I, I give him 60000 to keep his mouth shut, which he does. My cousin keeps it. Gotti tells him he doesn't have to pay. So this is July 3rd, I think 1994, 1995, I don't remember exactly. I went to his house, brought him downstairs, and I shot him four times. I'm going to go after everybody around the Gotti family to show them that they're never going to tell me what to do, right? So I shoot him, me and him obviously know the story. We shoot uh, Joel Kane, we stab Joel Kane up, we rob him twice. We rob two of their bookmakers, which you know uh, Keith Croce I robbed, yep. and I robbed the guy out in Valley Stream. And then I, I go after uh, one of the Gotti's brother-in-laws, and I leave him on the side of the Bell Parkway with his Ronnie G. I baseball bat a guy, John, <coughs> that testifies for Gotti, one of his other guys that testifies for Gotti. I baseball bat to shit him. Actually, my mother called the police because she didn't want me to kill him because I wouldn't stop cracking him across the head. <laughs> and so when these guys are telling these stories, they need to be accurate because as far as, like Stevie will tell you, I was still doing scores with Charles Kinnick. Yeah. I'm still involved with Ronnie. And Ronnie's opening statement, everybody knows it by now, is... And these are guys I know. Uh, I, I know I'm Charles afraid of Johnny A. Like, basically. Well, everybody read Ronnie one statement, so they can read it. It's on the internet. John, I'll, Johnny A. will kill me like everybody else if I'm not nice to him. So when they... The, the scenarios and the stories they want to tell, they got to keep... You can't tell him, I shot 30 people, and then tell somebody, I didn't. Well, Goderup's brother actually did... Uh, the, the show Perfect Gangster. I think you, you did it also when we did the uh, the documentary. Oh, the younger uh, yeah, kid. Yeah, uh, Steele. And, and he was in jail, in jail with, with the guy. So the guy thought nothing. he killed his brother. No, no, the kid didn't know at first. At first he didn't, yeah. We're, we're in the Queen's house and... But at the same time, at the same time, our friends were all dying. You know, you know, Frankie Burke, where we talk about dies. Joey Danka dies. Angel Costelli dies. You know, got guys dying all over the place. Billy Streamer dies. Mikey Merlo dies. Kevin Pittman dies. Dennis gets all screwed up. Joe Kane later on in prison dies. So, guys are getting killed left and right. Guys are trying to kill me left and right. That's the life. But I'm never going to show disrespect for a guy that was serious. And you could say what he wants. He's a gangster. He's not a gangster. He's a street guy. He's a real guy. So the, that mutual respect, I think, is always going to stay with street guys. Every no time what. I got arrested, don't you think? Oh, Steve, no. If it, if it was a traffic stop, FBI showing up. Hey, why don't you flip on Columbine? Why don't you the fuck out of here? <laughs> you know what I mean? If I get arrested for carrying a gun, why don't you flip on Columbine? Just like when I recently, last year, I 
I got arrested for a couple of guns, and so I had to do a little bullshit time on on Rikers Island in the Greens. The next day, because you're in, you're in a temporary area, they call it IG. Here's these two people coming in. They call my name. I go up to you guys. What's up? I thought I thought they were cops or something. Going to rearrest me? No. Hey, what do you think about the? F That's the same. The day I went in, the night before, is when Frankie Kelly got killed. Right away, they did. Yeah, you're pretty famous on YouTube. That's what he's talking about. They they saw them. They check you out when yeah, you go to jail. Yeah, they saw the American Gangster shows, all that shit. They they read everything. I said, listen, I got nothing to say to you. The next day, two Italian guys come in. Little fat guy. Now they come into the dorm, like if they, like if they're trying to be best friends with us. You, you know what I mean? I was like, get out of here, man. I got nothing to say to you. You know. So here, years go by, but your past catches up to you too. Do you feel like you'll ever be able to get away fully from your I past? I am away. I don't bother with nobody. Somebody ratted on me last year. I knew I, that was coming. <laughs> they want to drop a dime on them. Can't prove who it is. Oh, I know who it is yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I know who it is. And we know this was coming. One of my drivers. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's part of the life. But the, you know, the honesty of the street, right? You got to have something, you know, that's why it's such treachery and, and dishonesty and nobody talks, tells what's real and what isn't real. Just keep it real what, for the good and the bad. You know, guys ain't Superman. You know, when guys say, oh, you got beat up or you got jumped or you got batted or I got stabbed. I got stabbed. I got shot. It's part of it. He got shot. It happened to be by me. I got shot. He tried to kill. That's the street. You know, if you're really a street guy, you ain't winning all your fights. If you say you did, you're a liar. And you're going to get caught short out there, especially if you're a real street guy. You're going to go everywhere, like I always did. You're going to get jumped. You're going to get batted. You're going to get, you know, that's part of the life. Hey, I don't know too life. many guys that have exactly. it. You know, it's you so know, funny. But you though? come back and get them afterwards. John, you know what's so funny? See, your era is different because my era, these kids believe, oh, we're just going to fight one-on-one -on -one in the park. That's not real beef. Not everybody <laughs> comes to the park and says, let's fight one-on-one. -on -one. I says, yo, guys, guys come with guns, bats, and knives. That's back beef. Back in the 70s, it was like that. Man. Right. Yeah, you know, beef you was. You could have a fist fight. Right. Yeah, no more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, kids were lost a little bit that these, you know, privileged kids that don't know no better, yeah. third generation, never yep. did nothing. Oh, well, we'll square up one-on-one. -on -one. Bro, dudes is coming to shoot you, stab you. What are you going to do then? Call the cops? Like, well, you got to be prepared. Different different time, bro. And for you, John, I mean, I know, you know, the, the Gaudis try to discredit you and, and other people. For you, you know, why do you think it is that there's such animosity, especially to, to make sure that they discredit your reputation and... You know, not just the Gaudis, but other people as well. And, you know, how do you kind of handle that, I guess, on a daily basis? You know, I, I, I talk about Will Smith all the time, right? Because I like certain guys. And Will Smith, he's good sense of humor. and he's But he was serious about a mirror, right? When you look in a mirror, look at yourself. Don't look at the cracks in the mirror. Or you're not going to be able to analyze yourself, you know, honestly. So have confidence in who you are. I think it's their insecurity because they have that name. Well, these guys had the name in the streets, but really they're not the guys that did the work I was. So I think it's taking their shine maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. If it was just insecurity. I'm really not sure. But I'll tell you one thing. When we were on the streets, anybody that knows us, and I started to say Frankie Steele is Goddard's brother. In, in my show, he said, if I said I shot 30, 40 people, you can double the number. Now, this is not a guy that I grew up as a friend, but he respects me just the way I respect their family. And I've spoken about God or up. I wish I didn't have that done to him. I really do. He's one of the guys I wish I'd have done. And his family is friends with me. And his brother-in-law, and we were just talking about Ricky Stratton. 
tried to kill me. But Michael Stratton is <clears throat> one of the toughest guys I grew up with. We all grew up with no money on our side of the neighborhood. We yeah. call Howard Beach, Spoiled Beach. We grew up with not oh, a penny yeah. in our pocket. So we were all getting down. We were all shooting, stabbing, going to jail, in, out of jail. So we understand respecting each other, being honest. This guys I don't like. I'm always talking about, hey, they're tough, or they're shooters, or they went to jail, or they held their mud. But you can't have a guy like him go to court for you, That's and up. you ratted. He didn't know the whole details about Gotti like I did. Later on, he seen it, that Gotti was ratting on all of us and that he was meeting the feds. He didn't know it before, and so he helped him. But you're helping a guy that just... And then you, they called him a rat. And then you got his brother, Lil Carmine, who's, who's putting him on a fucking burn. Meanwhile, his case disappeared in Cleveland. And then you got another brother-in-law of the Gottis, uh, Albano's brother-in-law, Peter, who testified in a murder trial. And then you got the cousin of Gottis, the girl, Linda, Pete Gotti, the boss, acting boss, his daughter who testified. So stop pointing your finger at everybody else when your whole family's ratting and turning and whatever they're doing. But... Keep it real, at least. If you don't like me, say you don't like me. If you don't like him, say you don't like me. But don't take away the truth of really what happened in the past. Because there's too many of us that'll keep coming on and talking and, you know, and we're away from the life. There's no agenda yeah, here. Yeah, no, the agenda is this. Your past gets so twisted. Yeah. The agenda's just got to be mean? the truth. He's, you know, he, he stood each And the way. people that weren't involved with us. Are the ones twisting it. <laughs> That's how it goes, bro. You know that. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> they didn't come they out the house. Make... They used to look from the window. And we, <laughs> listen, we had a hundred, I mean, we had hundreds those... of guys. Listen, I got guys talking to me on Facebook <laughs> privately, Messenger. Right. Oh, rat this, rat this. I said, what are you watching this show for then? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you despise this man so much, what are you watching his, his show for? Hey, they said they said I was no good because I robbed gangsters. He says, "Oh, you're a bad guy. You rob oh, bad you. guys." <laughs> I understand that. You call the cops on me. They're bad guys. How he's mad about that? You? I don't know. Somebody posted about old ladies' houses. Yeah, make stuff know. up on me. Yeah. For you, um, Steve, do you do you feel like you know reintegrating back into regular society and away from that life has been I've been in regular society is it, is, has it been me has I, it been challenging because you know Gene you know look, he's I still live it. in the neighborhood I still see people oh they you know the guy that once called me a rat is over here give me a kiss hello so you understand what I'm saying it's they don't know and no no offense but the younger generation don't know they nah, they're lost. I could tell you firsthand. They well, they didn't they, see all the shooting they got, and killing. They got no real leaders. They they got nothing. Lost. I mean, we were we so Johnny were Pump could be the boss. They and I'm gonna lost. be on. And I'm gonna say this right now. I'm glad certain things happened that got me out of that life. Mm. You know, there's details I can't talk about, but it wasn't just the God of mine. I got charged with double homicides, Staten Island. You you name it. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Only because because I, I started. Chopping up cars. I had a nice shop. People bring me 10 cars a day, stolen cars. You know, I supply in all the junkyards. I'm like, again, I'm not going to name names. or, But there's like 30 junkyards. They would call me. Yo, bring it out. I need it. You know, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just, it was good times. But you know what? I'm glad it's over. And God knows where I would be today. Prison, dead. You know, you know what I mean? And what's the conversation like? I mean, you, you mentioned you have kids that, you know, do they know about your past and how do they, you know, interact with you? I, and let's just say uh, 
about two years ago, we were doing something with the guy Andy. And it was a story about John. It was me telling my story how we were planning to kill John, where it was going to be, where CBS. So we're behind that. We're on Reading Street. You know, and the guy, they're filming a little bit, and uh, I have my friend in the car, you know, and some brand-new car, SUV pulls up. The guy says, you know, you're the fucking rat. You got to put that in there? So I start walking over to the car. Drives up 20 feet. <laughs> you know, they, they, I don't know who it was, but I'm just saying it. You know, this is what goes on. So, you know, it's just... I don't know this person. But yet, when I approach your car, you're going you're gonna to call me names, but you... You're going to drive away every time I walk over to you. <laughs> so, you know, it's just ridiculous, man. It just... And for Gene, for you, uh, you know, listening to, to Stevie and John that are older generation, you're the mm -hmm. younger generation. It's I the mean, same story. Is it all? Because uh, I was wild on the street. You know, like, for my time, I was I was uh, pretty wild. And um, I know exactly what he's talking about. Everything he says, I was chasing the dollar. You know, uh, same thing. Uh, once you start seeing what goes on, they start putting... They were calling Crime Stoppers on me. Literally, they calling up the cops on me, bad guys, to get me off the street because they couldn't control me. Kill me. And we'll, we'll do something. Do a real gangster thing that you do. Get, call, have people call cops on me, report cars stolen. It was crazy. Hotlines on me. When I got locked up, they go, man, I can't. The, the, the organized crime goes, they're calling, up us on, they're calling us up to get you off the street. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Like, they, they want you off the street. Like, they do not want you on the street. That's how much tr trouble you're causing people. What's the biggest difference between, you feel like, your generation and, and their generation? Oh, there was so many of me's around. See, like, I stood out so much because nobody's really shooting people and doing that stuff no more. So there was right. only, like, me and a couple. His time, their time, it was like the Wild Wild West. It was just every day. You know what I mean? Like, my, like all the people that I know, they were killing and shooting each other all day. In my generation, the only time a gun was going off when I was pulling it. In Howard Beach, uh, in that area of, you know, organized crime, whatever. So it's so much different, you know? And what were, I mean, for all you guys, what were some of the, you know, kind of known rules of who you can hurt and who you can't hurt? Because I know, I think what's interesting to me, obviously, uh, from that the outside looking in, anymore. from the outside looking <laughs> in, though, horrible. it's like, you know, it really seems like it was just you guys killing other mob guys. It wasn't like, you know, cartels that kill, you know, and... Well, let me answer that real quick. Just one thing. For like their time, if you touched a made guy, pretty much you were dead. 70s and 80s, if you touched them or disrespect them, there's a good chance you were dead. Nowadays, they get beat. I have a guy in my crew that got beat up more times than anything. He's a made guy. Robbed. We have one guy in my crew who's a neighborhood victim. And he's a made guy. That's what I'm saying. So it's totally different times. Back in the 70s and <laughs> 80s, you could not disrespect a member or, 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 or dare rob him or do anything like that. You would most likely be dead. And if you did do that to those guys, you were that guy. You know what well, I mean? Listen, and it's, again, Stevie you know. knows, listen. Exactly what he said it's supposed to be, unless you're me. Because I robbed exactly. them all. <laughs> I shot right. them. You're that them. guy, right? That one guy. Right. Well, guys will tell He'd you rob a guy for 10 pounds of weed, come to the bar, drop it off to me. Yeah. I mean, you know. I don't care who they were, honestly. <laughs> as far as I was concerned, I ran the street. Uh, and if somebody tells me anything different, then let them bring it and tell me who ran it then. Because... We controlled every bar in every neighborhood if we name it, right? There's not a neighbor, not a bar that we didn't control in those. We had hundreds of guys. When someone says, oh, that's exact," No, it isn't. Just in the Jägermeisters, like I said, we had 20, because guy had guys and he had guys and other guys around them had guys. 
And you know, we I got, got tired of it. I, I hired two guys to to fill in for nights for me, you know, so I could go out and you know. So we just had tons of guys and and listen, the the the, the, the way Guy Peen ends up nicknaming me the sheriff because that name carried. There was a cop in the bar. They called me up at Jaeger. My son, I don't know if Stevie was there, but they called me up at three in the morning. And I'm home sleeping. And the guy's drunk. He's waving his gun around. I said, what's the problem? Throw him out. He goes, nobody's around here. I says, who's around? The place is packed. I says, but nobody's there? He says, no. I says, I'll be right there. I come in in my bathroom and shorts. I said, where's the cop? He says, right there. I said, you're a cop? He goes, yeah. I take a bottle. I put it across his head. I take his gun. I pistol whip him. <laughs> and... I throw him in a cab, and I says, call here tomorrow. You'll get your stuff back. You know, he's real beat up bad, and he's screaming. I'm a police officer. I said, I know who you are, and uh, we keep his weapon and everything. He gets in the cab. We throw him, tell the cab driver to take him, and the uh, guy calls me the sheriff after that, and then you guys yeah. nickname me, kidding around all the time with the sheriff stuff. But Later on, it became the computer. Yeah, yeah. He used to add things up real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. The computer, I forgot. But, you know, here's what I'm getting at. It was just all of us this way. It wasn't just me. If there was a problem, we batted him, we stabbed him, we shot him, we killed him. Unfortunately, not for Guy Peden. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could have a problem in a bar. It's like I'm by, by myself. Yeah. This is your money. Where the fuck are you? Well, actually, I bought the building. Jägermeister's well, well, I know. He, I he, he beat me out of the money after he testified. No, no I'm talking me. about. You know, after he was in a form. You know, so I got you know, guys come in. Guys work. come in, and, and you know they're fucking with me, and I'm by my. I mean, I, I'll fight them. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying, where are you, man? You're so worried about your money, but you're not here helping me. Hmm. He was paying Tommy Cullen three hundred a week to watch me. I yeah. found out. Hmm. That's it. Because the business was dying. Wow. No, no, <laughs> uh. the business was dying. That body. Like the last eight months of that bar didn't get packed anymore. It was just totally like dead. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So I would leave. Well, you know, Wait, the guy guy was paying Tommy to watch you. Yeah. Well, to see if you were stealing or something or whatever, or selling someone else. I, I don't know. We had. A, see what you, we but had the bar's a, dead. We have a hundred <laughs> locations. The problem is, we'll shoot. Once you start shooting and killing guys, you get scared. It's yeah. over. It's it. Yeah. You're killing the spot. You yeah. really don't want to do it. By the way, while we're on this thing, I want to invite Tony Burke on. Right. And he can have his piece, sit down, talk like a gentleman. And uh, I'm going to give him a chance because he just recently did a radio show about he grew up religious and this and that. So I want him to sit next to me because I shot three of his friends one night and I let him live. I didn't shoot him. And, uh, you know, these guys want to talk different and change the story. And then on his show, he said there was about 25 murders between a couple of us. He, he mentioned on a, on a show just that he recently did. But he left out the part about how many times I had to save his brother's life or who paid his brother or who bought his brother a house or his brother was uh, trying to be an informant, left to go to, the, to uh, see the prosecutor in Florida. He went to testify in my grand jury against me and he was getting shaken down in prison. So I want to go through each thing. I'm going to give him a chance to say where I'm wrong or where I'm lying. If I gave him the 60000 his brother to buy a house or when he tried to kill Jimmy Scotty's uh, son-in-law who's around the west side. I saved his life and I stopped that because he wasn't going to do it. Another guy, Mikey, was going to do it, who was a tough guy. So I, I want to bring up some of this stuff. And he was married to a New York police officer. And I wanted him to talk about religion and rats. And Michael Stratton, they killed his brother-in-law, who was part of that hit on the Bruce Goddard up thing. Uh, Michael Stratton would rip him apart if he was still on the street. 
Michael Stratton at 16 years old took somebody's life with a knife. And Michael Stratton's a strong guy, and he knows the strength. The correction officer, too. And, and, and oh, yeah? they had for death. Yeah. So these guys that talk, I give them a chance to come on and tell us, tell the truth. Did I get out of a car with a suit and tie and shoot three guys, and he would have been number four? But he cried. Now, if that's a lie, sit down and talk about it. Tell about how you're religious, but you haven't once said you're sorry to the family of uh, Bruce Goddard because I was man enough to go in that house. And Stevie knows the family. They're killers, the whole family. I walked in that house by myself without a weapon. Everybody thought I was nuts because they could have left me there. And I went there. I says, I got to either do the right thing or not do the right thing. So where's the right thing here by the Burke family that can't stand on their own two feet unless they were on my back, piggybacking? So when they talk nonsense or take cheap shots, I'll give you a chance to sit across from me. No violence. I'm not that guy anymore, but I'll let you talk. And then tell the truth about how your brother is not an informant, how we weren't paying your mother off, how I didn't save your brother's life 10 times over. Uh, tell me when he was a tough guy, especially with me. Uh, so, you know, when these guys want to change the history of the story, but now you want to say, make your mind up. Did I shoot a lot of guys? I didn't shoot a lot of guys. Did I kill 25 guys? I didn't shoot no guys. The, the, the scenario keeps changing. It's always changing. Yeah. So I want to know which one he went. Because the last one, he said that we killed about 25 guys. So on his last show. And so. then they were saying you killed nobody. And it was, yeah. it, it, was it keeps going, you know. Who said that? Oh, uh, uh, Tony Burke. Yeah, they were trying to say he didn't kill nobody until he what killed 25 guys. Oh, he just pay, did some nickel, yeah. stupid show. Like they did 100 listeners. No Somebody That's sent it to me, actually. But, you know, the, the problem is I bring guys that you've seen that try to kill me that are honest. That's why I like them. That's why I respect them. Because if we're going to talk, let's not sit here and bullshit each other. If he's going to sit here and talk about he tried to not, if he's going to say he didn't try to kill me, then I wouldn't respect him. I respect him because he did try to kill me. And that's our life. It was being we're planned. Good with it. No, no, no. Yeah. It was being planned already. So the problem is the guys that asked him to kill me are afraid of me. So, but they talk, and I'm talking about the Gaudis. You know, they didn't have the balls to do it. They were supposed to take care of him. They didn't do a good job doing that. And then the same guys are asking him to do it, and the same guys are ratting. And they he's really, helping them. They really shit it on you. You did the yeah, right thing. But <laughs> so, you know, this is the street life. This is back to the treachery of what oh, we're teaching the kids not to, not to do this back stuff. Then, yeah. <laughs> because if you believe in the nonsense, <laughs> you face. forgot to read the small <laughs> print. Yeah. I know. And Stevie, you said that you had a that there was a plan to kill John. We talk about that plan and what that setup was. It was in motion. It was. Uh, not gonna keep detailing names, but it, it, there was four of us involved, including my my brother who passed away. Uh, someone that he still spoke to was gonna set him up, and. But we were told we cannot kill the guy that's going to be standing there with him. And if he shows up in the car, just start killing everybody in the car. So. And make sure I don't get out of that car. The plan was in motion. <laughs> yeah, really, he'll tell you. They no. said make sure he doesn't live whatever you still. Because they know yeah, no, I was going to kill him all. They said to kill him. And then what, why didn't it happen? Someone gets into a stolen car chase in Staten Island. Crashes into the fucking Staten Island train station. And uh, they didn't know his how to say his name properly. But the person, I guess, was trying to save his ass, you know, 
And uh, they call him John A. Wright. <laughs> A. Wright. No, because they had this thing. Right. They were trying to get me to flip. Right. Gotcha. You know, I, later on, you know, uh, they blacked out the person's name. They said, you, Carmine, trying to kill John A. Wright on Redding Street. You, you know what I mean? So I get the phone call. Come down. What's up? He goes, we got to call it off. I'm like, why? What happened? He says, uh, the FBI went to his uh, his house to warn him. Oh, yeah? When, when you're going to get hit. Yeah. They have to. It's the yeah, law. No, it's the law. law. Well, Gotti Senior, I was at the house one day. NYPD, when, anything. Even if you're a bag, if you're a Yeah, yeah Gotti Senior. They they knock yeah. on his door when Bobby Manor and the West Side were going to kill him. And he said the same and thing. You know I said, All right, thank you. Goodbye. Nothing personal against anyone. I'm glad it didn't happen. Right, but, but you think maybe they did that just to try to. No, no, no. They, 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 when they bring it to me, we set a meeting at. Well, I don't set the meeting at. Aqua what do you mean? Like, what you think John Junior might have told the FBI the plan, nah, thinking nah, it just nah. to try to rough the I know who just did to like, get you nervous. I know, dude. You know, I did everybody. He knows. No, everybody knows. Right. They ain't gonna get me nervous. Right. Everybody tried to kill me on a regular basis. <laughs> so, it, we try to hit Gotti after that Aqua Grace track. He sets a meeting at Aqueduct with his brother-in-law Carmine, a couple of the guys. We go there and we bring guns. They make that location because you can't bring guns into the track. So they're scared, you know, that I'm going to hit them. But we still wait outside, and there's too many entrances on Aqueduct, and they went out one of the wrong entrances. We, we never hit them, but I was waiting for them to come back out because I was going to hit them. So Wait, so every time, even if you're a bad guy and they know that you're mob-related, they have to... Yeah. How, what's the conversation? They come, they tell it you... It doesn't matter if it's mob-related or not. Guys are going to move on you. We got to tell you. You're, you they're going to try to take your life. They'll tell you something. At the time, with the well, at the time, Richie Raybox, my attorney, who was also Gotti Senior's attorney at one time, I call Richie up and I tell him, listen, you could tell those idiots that wherever they're talking, they're on tape, and I know they're trying to hit me. I says, but tell them I'll see them soon. And then... That's what I was told when I got the call. That's crazy. I just, and my car was dead. So I took a train to the ferry to go home to Staten Island. As soon as I get a door, five minutes later, I get a call. Come back here. I got to talk to you. I'm like, oh, man. So I, I'm fucking on the ferry. I get there. Now I get back. It's like 7 o'clock at night. And that's what they said. He says, you got to remember something. What year was this? Uh, 94, 95. 95, 95. You remember so? Because a month later, I got arrested. I know you these know. guys never used a gun. Not him. I'm talking about Carmine and Junior and the uncle. They never used a gun. Never. They got no work put in. So these are guys I'm not worried about. I don't know he's involved yet. Later on, I find out. So I know the guys from our neighborhood, and he knows as well as when I, I did do. the story. We all, him. yeah, we all get down <laughs> in, in our neighborhood. We know that. Yeah. Jamaica Avenue, where we're from. It, it ain't nothing for, you know, in our era, everybody was shooting, everybody was getting stabbed up, everybody's getting shot, guys are getting killed left and right. This nasty is normal behavior in our yeah. neighborhood. You know, nasty beatings, as you said. You know, they talk about, there's some tough guys from my neighborhood. I said, Michael Stratton, uh, Richie Langston, uh, Murchie, Tommy, he was not a gangster, regular guy, but fight Catman in those days, and guys know him now, but they didn't know him when he was back in the day. These guys all got down and fought and, and took beatings baseball bat beatings got up and came right back at you so you know we came from a a, a a real rough neighbor with no money and everybody you know put in work that's just part of our, our life so when you hear these kids talk such nonsense they, they're clueless because they didn't grow up with us so you know they're hearing some half-assed you know you know hey half fake stories and 
They don't know any better. You can't blame them. That's why I said let's invite a guy like Tony Burke. It'll be interesting to see what he says. And I'd love to have him on. Let Did he answer? Hey, Steve, you know, know what? I coming. feel like it's so much easier to send kids messages now to not get involved because they have nothing to offer you anymore. The mafia has nothing to offer you. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, a new generation. What do they have to offer you? A button all of you nothing. guys are old. It's all old. They're all no, half they're, dead. They're, they're, Who's they're all in their 80s now. Oh, oh, and not only like that, they're... you got paid informants. They get, you got wise guys that are paid informants. They actually... Come home on parole and they take a thousand a week to get to become paid informants. They'll let them stay out. This is what you have. Tons of informants. There's nothing like glamorous about it no more. You know what I mean? It's just a joke now, complete. You know what I mean? You could actually have a kid watch this and say, like, you want to be a part of this clown show? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Join the Ringley Brothers. The same well, thing. It's a different era. Right. It's like I said with I Johnny. I go through Dunn. the neighborhood. I still go yeah. out. Be, uh, it's like Johnny Join Band the circus. It was like Johnny Bandana we talked about. Listen, guy shot a couple of people out there. And then later on, he came on my team. And Burke is trying to sleep with the guy's wife. I mean, this is the, you know, they can't change the facts. And if Bandana wasn't in jail, he would have shot Burke in his head. So, you know, this is the reality of the life. You know, they're trying to change and twist things. Uh, so, you know, the, you know, the first guy, I'd love to have Tony on here because I'll tear him apart as far as his brother being a rat because he, he was the first guy that went in in 2001. We were paying him off to keep his mouth shut. He tried coming to a sit-down because I tried to shoot John Burke's son in uh, the Crip Kid in the broad daylight. He John came Burke's to his, son? Oh, yeah. He was hanging out with some Crip Kid that they thought was tough and I tried to blow his head off with a 357. Wait, so him and his son ran for me. I shot into the son's car. Tony Burke comes to a sit-down with... Me and my guy, and he just abused him. He goes, who are you? Get the fuck out of here. Like, you're coming to a sit-down like, you're nothing. Like, your brother's a fucking junkie cry. Like, nobody cares about you. No, you but Johnny I mean? Burke's son was always a good kid. I no, he that. got older. Yeah, he's uh, not not a good kid no more. Mm. Yeah. No now, more. Now, Steve, to kind of to wrap things up, and we just talked about it, you know, John and, and Gene, um, their message, I guess, with, with this is, and as Gene just kind of pointed to, is that, you know, kids need to stay away from from all this, yeah, and it's not just this. it's not just mafia it's not just stuff. Mob everything, exactly. Joke. For you, you even know, it's drugs out there are poisonous now. It's not you can't even get a good drug. Well, because they're taking you know fentanyl. I mean? It's not like yeah, us. You do a line back in our day, you don't die. You, do, you put a little fentanyl and you smoke it or something. Guys are dying. I don't even yeah. get why the kids do it. <laughs> but for for you, you know, if you have a message to to kids that that grew up, you know, poor, that had no money, that that are seeing lives of school, crime, man. Or Get a job. Don't don't even look to the to the bad life. It's not worth it. It's well, look at it. it. He's still suffering the consequences. He was back in jail just last year. <laughs> from and he's finished with the life. Just these are all mind you. And I, I could talk about it because I took my conviction. I have two guns. I don't carry them on the streets. I keep them at home with me because of all the shit that went on. People calling me a rat. The car pulling up while we're filming something. You know, you're fuck. What if what if this kid, whoever it was, would have started shooting at me? You know what I mean? You know, uh, I'm out there alone. I, I'm not looking for people's help. I'll defend myself. That's how I'll put it. Hmm. You know. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and joining us today um, for from me and... I know these guys as well. Good, good conversations. Pretty hey, much. by the way, he was in GQ also, uh, the magazine we did together. Uh, what is it, a year ago? Oh, I hate that picture, man. <laughs> I hate that picture. That guy took a, we took a million pictures. He uses the, the one way. I look like a caveman or something. <laughs> That's why he used it. You know, fat. Use oh, uh, yeah, you know. But I think you had an axe in your hand or something in that picture. He wanted me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had me holding it in different <laughs> positions. He uses that one. I, I mean... <laughs> 
Anyways, thank you, Steve. With the GQ. Thanks, Steve. It's good seeing you again as always. Yeah, you know, we'll be in touch, you know.